You are listening to a message from Redemption Community Church, a life-giving church in Westchester County, New York. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or follow our messages online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Today we are celebrating the goodness of God. You know, every church has a backstory. And really the backstory of our church is that of a miracle story. Like we would not be here if God hadn't shown up. And so we take this time every year to celebrate the goodness of God and all that he's done in our church family. Our church started out as just a dream in me and my wife, Amy's heart. After a season of praying about where God was leading us next in ministry, we had been pastors in Western New York. Uh, We felt God calling us to come to Westchester to plant a life-giving church. And it sounds exciting eight years later, but let me tell you, when we stepped out to do this, it was the hardest thing we've ever done. How many of you know that sometimes when you're trusting God for something and trying to move forward into what he has for you, how many of you, sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes you hit some obstacles. Anybody been there before? Some of you might be experiencing that right now. How many of you are believing God for something in your life, but it hasn't been easy? There have been some obstacles in your life. There have been some setbacks that you've experienced. Maybe you've been praying for a loved one to experience healing, someone who's been been sick. Maybe you've been trusting God for financial provision, believing God for a a new job or a new career direction. Maybe some of you have been, been believing God for freedom from anxiety. Maybe you've been trusting God to see a relationship in your life restored or maybe for healing in, in your marriage. And there's been some, some setbacks. There's been some delays. There's been some obstacles. Can I just encourage you this morning, church? Come on. I came to church in our eighth anniversary to give you some encouragement that I've learned along the way. Here's what I want you to know. God is at work even when you can't see it. Come on, somebody came to church to hear that today. God is at work even when you can't see it. God is working behind the scenes of your life. He has ulterior motives for your life and they are good. Come on, he's working. And so we have to learn to hold on to that even when we can't see it, even when it feels impossible. That that is the truth that we hold on to. Today, I want us to look at the story, a story in scripture where the people of God, the Israelites, they were facing an obstacle that stood between them and God's promise. I want to look at a story where the Israelites had to trust God. They had to trust that he was working even though they couldn't see what he was up to. So we're going to be in the Old Testament book of Joshua today, Joshua chapter 3. And we're going to look at the story, a miraculous story of the Israelites crossing the Jordan River. Okay, let me give you a little context here in this story. At this point in the Israelites' journey, Moses is dead. Moses, the great man of God who led the Israelites out of the bondage of slavery in Egypt, he's dead and the mantle of leadership has now passed on to Joshua. God has chosen him to be the one to lead the people of Israel into the promised land. So get this, Joshua's job was to do what Moses couldn't do. Hello, no pressure. He had some big shoes to step into. And the very first problem he faces is that the Jordan River stood between the people of God and and the promised land. There was a river. There was an obstacle between God's people and God's promise. Come on, do you ever feel like there's something standing between you and God's promise for your life? Does it ever feel that way sometimes? Like, God, I believe I got a word from you. God, I believe I got a promise from you. God, I believe there's a dream that you put in my heart, maybe a scripture that you gave me that left off, left off the pages and has been a promise in my life, but it feels like there's an obstacle between me and the promise that you have for me. Maybe it's a mountain of debt. 
Maybe it's a difficult person. Help us, Jesus. Maybe it's an addiction. Something stands in your way between you and the promise. And so the question is, how do we experience a breakthrough when there's an obstacle between us and what we're believing God for? Come on, some of you in this place, I know you're believing God for something. Anybody in here, you're trusting God for something in your life. You've been praying about something. There's a dream in your heart. There's something you're holding on to and you're believing God for it. And there's been a delay. It's, it's taken some time. There's been some setbacks. How do we experience that breakthrough? Well, I wanna give you three keys to trusting God for a breakthrough that I believe are going to encourage somebody today. Come on, you came to church on a good day today. You tuned into church online on a good day today. I want to give you three keys to help us walk this out, to live this out, to cooperate with what God wants to do in our lives so we can see a breakthrough. Here's the first one. Number one, you got to position yourself for it. Come on, everybody say position. You got to position yourself for it. Did you know that? You can position yourself for God to work in your life. Let's look at the story. Joshua chapter three, verses seven and eight. And the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. In other words, Joshua, I'm not raising you up so everybody will see how wonderful you are, how great of a leader you are. No, I want the people to see that I, the Lord your God, am with you. I am with you just as I was with Moses. Come on, just as I was with your parents and your grandparents and the generation before you. Look at verse eight. Tell the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant When you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go stand in the river. Come on, you got to position yourself. You got to position yourself for the blessing. Now, this story, this miracle story is different than the more famous story, the story of Moses parting the Red Sea. How many of you saw the Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston and the power pose? This is the story that most of us think of when we think about the Israelites crossing a body of water, crossing the the, the Red Sea. The Jordan River is actually much smaller, okay? It seems like it's big, but it's actually a much smaller river. And this is the the river where Jesus was, was baptized by his cousin, John the Baptist. In fact, in 2018, I went to the Holy Land and I had the privilege of being baptized in the Jordan River. There's a picture there. And some of y'all are like, Pastor, what was it like to be baptized in the Jordan River? Let me tell you what it was like. It was freezing cold, and there's some ankle biter fish up in there nibbling at your ankles. That's what it was like. (laughs) But later on, we're going to read that that the Jordan River was actually at flood stage during this story. So the Jordan River, which is not normally a big river, was like a raging, like huge flooded flooded river here. And so it was quite an obstacle. Can you imagine the pressure on Joshua, right? Like, hello, I've got to, you know, I've got to lead the people across this river. I don't want to lose any of them. You know, Moses, he had 100% success. I can't have anybody getting carried off into this raging river. Like no, no pressure at all. God tells Joshua that the priests have to position themselves. They have to position themselves for a miraculous breakthrough. And the question is, how do we do that? Okay, the people of God, they had their assignment in Scripture, but how do we position ourselves for a breakthrough? Some of you are trusting God for a breakthrough in your life. Well, let me give you some sub-points here to help you. Okay, here's the first one. you got to position yourself for a breakthrough by seeking God's direction. You can position yourself. Did you know that? You can position yourself for a breakthrough by seeking God's direction. You see, Joshua heard the voice of God before he acted. How many of you know you better hear the voice of God before you step into a raging river? 
You better make sure that that was the voice of God and not some crazy dream you had before you step out to do something like that. And I think so often we want God's blessing on our agenda. We want God's blessing on our decision, on our, on God, I want you to bless this relationship. God, I want you to bless this, this business partnership. God, I want you to bless this decision that, that I'm making. We want God's blessing on where we're going instead of going to where God's blessing is. Come on, we run off ahead and it's like, God, I'm, I'm going over here. Now, God, why don't you come over here and bless what I'm doing? God, why, why aren't you blessing what I'm doing? And God's like, no, 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 the blessing is actually over here. I want you to go to the place of my blessing. I, I've told you, like, I told you to go into the Jordan River. I gave you an assignment. Step into the place where his blessing is. And instead of always asking God to, to bless what we're doing, I think we should learn to seek to do what God is already blessing. Are you with me? You say, Pastor Jeremy, what does that mean? Well, well, where is the place he commands his blessing? Scripture tells us. Scripture describes to us different places where God commands his blessing. What are those places? What does it look like? Well, God says his blessing is upon people who are generous, who are givers, who are tithers. Don't get quiet on me. God says his blessing is, is in prayer. God says his blessing is in worship. God says his blessing is upon believers who dwell together in unity, who don't gossip about each other, who aren't offended about everything. Hello. God says that his, his blessing is on those who are in spiritual submission in accountability with other believers. God says his blessing is upon honesty and integrity in the workplace and in business dealings and in our communication. God's blessing is upon our sexual integrity. Come on, these are all places that are positioned for his blessing. It's not a big secret. Open God's word. He'll tell you where to go to get the blessing. Are you with me this morning? And so God says, quit asking me to bless all the places you're running to. Why don't you step into the place where I have commanded my blessing? Go to the place where his word tells you the blessing is. Come on, his blessing is in the Jordan River. And he's telling you to go and step into it. Step into it. Here's the second thing. You can position yourself for a breakthrough by following after the presence of God. Following after the presence of God. Listen to what Joshua tells the people in verse 11. He says, look, the Ark of the Covenant, which belongs to the Lord of the whole earth, will lead you across the Jordan River. Now, the Ark of the Covenant represented God's presence. This was before the temple. This was before they had a temple in Jerusalem. I mean, at this point, the Israelites aren't even occupying the Holy Land yet, okay? And so the Ark was like a little portable temple. It represented the place where God's presence dwelled. And so this was significant that, that God told Joshua and Joshua told the people that you're going to follow the Ark into the place of blessing. The miracle is going to happen when you follow the presence of God. And some of you in this place today would say, Pastor Jeremy, I don't even know where to start. Pastor Jeremy, you don't even know what I've been through. I've been praying and there's been so many difficult things and my life feels upside down. Like I don't even feel like I know what the next step is. Can I just encourage you today? Just keep following his presence. Just keep taking steps toward his presence. Just keep praying. Just keep worshiping. Just keep seeking. Just keep meditating on God's word. Just keep gathering together on Sunday mornings. Just keep blaring worship music in your car when you're driving all over town. Come on, just keep taking steps toward his presence. If you follow the presence of God, you'll always be in the right place. Can I get an amen, somebody? If you don't know where to start, just keep taking steps toward his presence. His presence will lead you, even as the ark led the people of God through their obstacle into the promise. Come on, we're talking about three keys to trusting God for a breakthrough. Somebody in church today here needs a breakthrough. Here's number two. You got to step out 
in faith. You want to experience a, a breakthrough? You want to experience God's miraculous work in, in your life? You got to step out in faith. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, step out? Come on, tell two or three people, step out. It's the anniversary celebration. You're helping me preach today. Come on, step out, step out, step out in faith. See, Joshua goes on to tell the Israelites this in verses 12 and 13. He said, now then choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And look at verse 13. As soon as the priests who carried the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. Come on, Joshua says, you're about to experience a miracle. You're about to experience a breakthrough. God is literally gonna cause the waters to be cut off and stop flowing so that you, you can pass through on dry land. The waters are going to stand up literally like a heap, but you got to step out in faith. Joshua tells them that they're going to experience something miraculous, but first they have to step out in faith. If you want to experience a miracle, church, you, you got to put your feet in the Jordan. You got you to step into what God has for you. You got to take a step of faith. Here's the idea. Faith is what puts the miracle into motion. Faith is what puts the miracle into motion. Some of you would say, Pastor Jeremy, I've heard miracle stories. I've had people around me who have said they've experienced, you know, God at work in their lives and God answering prayer. And I've never experienced that before. Well, let me encourage you today. Faith is what puts the miracle into motion. And I think so often we want God to make the first move, but often God is inviting us to make the first move and then he shows up. Come on, the priest had to actually step into the water before they could experience a miracle. And I think we would like for God to give us a sign. You ever prayed that way before? Sure, God, I'll do what you call me to do. Would you give me a sign? Like help a brother out, help a sister out. Send me a sign that you're in this with me. We would like to think that God is gonna give us a really good feeling about whatever it is he's calling us to do. Like I'm gonna feel all warm and fuzzy and tingly and then I'll know God is in this. Or let's be honest, God, if you'll just show me how everything is going to work out, of course I'll trust you. Of course I'll start giving. Of course I'll start serving. Of course I'll pick up the phone and, and ask that person for forgiveness. Like if, if you'll just show me how everything is going to work out, then I can follow you. But how many of you know that is not faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That is not how faith works. That is not how faith works. You, you, you got to step out into your miracle. You have to actually move toward your miracle. The key to experiencing breakthrough is to walk toward what stands between you and what God has promised you. Come on, you got to take steps toward it. You got to walk toward freedom. You got to walk toward recovery. You got to walk toward purpose. You got to walk toward service. You got to walk toward discipline. Come on, you got to walk toward the purpose of God for your life. The miracle, take steps toward the miracle. Put your faith into motion. You know, years ago, when we were making preparations to, to plant this church, we were still in Western New York. Amy and I had been pastors on staff at a great church up there in Buffalo, New York for six years. And there was a season where we thought we were going to be the next pastors of that church. And God had other plans. And, and so we began to realize that God was calling us to plant a church. And, and through a series of, of uh, about a year and a half, we made several trips. There was like a magnetic pull on our hearts toward downstate, toward the New York City area. And so we spent a year traveling here and kind of scouting the area and trying to get a sense of where God was calling us to. And then we begin to cast a vision and, and, and we begin to, you know, build a website and, 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 you know, get a name for the church and raise funds. And we were preaching in Western New York and, and casting vision. But can I tell you, there came a time when we had to step out in faith and pack up a U-Haul truck. I have a picture for you here. That's what it, that was the day we literally packed up 
There was a moment at some point in time we had to quit talking about it and it got real. How many of you know it gets real when you're packing up the boxes and you're leaving, right? And you're packing up your whole life into a U-Haul truck. We had to step out in faith. And some of you would say, well, Pastor Jeremy, didn't you have any questions? Weren't there some unanswered questions before you picked up and you moved your pregnant wife and two kids to a place that you didn't even know? Oh, I had a lot of questions. There were a lot of questions. Where's the money going to come from? Where are the people going to come from? What kind of building are we going to meet in? How can we afford to pay rent in Westchester? Amen, somebody who's with me, right? Like, Lord, help us, Jesus. There was a lot of unanswered questions. But here's the reality. In order for God to set the, 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 the miracle into motion, we had to step out in faith. If we had never stepped out into faith and packed up that U-Haul truck, you and I would not be sitting here in this miracle right now. We would not be standing in this miracle right now. And so here's the question today. What step of obedience can you take today? What step of obedience can you take today? I heard Pastor Stephen Furtick say something the other day that stuck with me. He said, do the one thing you would do if you believe God was with you and working in your situation. Oh, I love that. Can I say that to you again? Pastor Jeremy, I don't know where to start. It seems so big. I know you're a great man of faith, but I don't even know. No, no, let me help you. Do, do the one thing. Is that, that's what we did. We just started packing up a U-Haul, just one thing, one box at a time. One step, one, get the website going. Let's get a phone number. Let's get an email set up. Just one step at a time. Do the one thing you would do if you believe that God was with you and working in your situation. Let me ask you this. What if you really believe that God was working in your situation? What if you really believe that he was the God who works all things to together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. What would you do if you really believe that? What would be one step of faith you could, you could take? What would you do? Keep taking steps of faith. Make the counseling appointment. Start the Bible reading plan. Apply for the job. Take your first class. Start paying off your smallest debt. Start, start giving something. Ask that girl out. Update your, your dating profile on Christian Mingle. I don't know what it is. Make sure it's Christian Mingle, okay? Not one of the hookup sites. We rebuke that in Jesus' name. You gotta take a step of faith. Some of the single people said, amen. I felt the Holy Spirit. What step can you take today? Just one step at a time in faith, believing that God is working in your life. Come on, three keys to trusting God for a breakthrough. Number three is stand on the promise. Stand on the promise. Let's look at what happened. Joshua chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. There it is. It's swollen. It's raging. It's out of control. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, look at verse 16, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarathan. While the water flowing down the Sea of the Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Boom, and a miracle. Amazing. God shows up and makes good on his word. And they cross over the Jordan River and begin their journey of taking the promised land. Now, let me just remind you of a little bit of the context here, okay? For 40 years, 40 years, the Israelites had been wandering in the desert. 
wandering in the desert because of their, their parents' disobedience. A whole generation, Scripture tells us, a whole generation died wandering in the desert, circling the promised land. And the last miracle that God had done was the parting of the Red Sea. Can you imagine how they told that story over and over again? Like you see something like that, right? The parting of the Red Sea. For 40 years, this younger generation had heard their parents, maybe even their grandparents, talk about this story. They would tell stories about when, when Moses stood up and he stretched his hand out, he stretched his staff out. Instantly, God parted the waters of the Red Sea and we crossed over on dry land. That was burned into their collective memory. Now, at first, this miracle, the, the, this parting of the Jordan River, may seem like a cheap knockoff of the original Red Sea miracle until we take a closer look at it. Let, let's look at this. Look at verse 16. Look at what verse, verse 16 says. It's, it tells us that as soon as the feet of the priest touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away. Scholars tell us about 20 miles away. So when the Israelites stepped into the water, a miracle, how many of you know, a miracle immediately took place. The water piled up and stopped running, but it didn't happen where they were standing. It stopped running, but it didn't happen where they were standing like it did in their parents' generation at the Red Sea. It happened in a town called Adam about 20 miles away, a great distance away. Now, let me ask you this question. What happens when a river is cut off that far upstream? It's not a trick question. The answer is nothing at first. Nothing at first. Remember, the, 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 the Jordan was at flood stage. So depending on how much water there was in this river, it may have taken hours for that, all of that running water to pass by the Israelites. There were still many miles of running water that had to pass the Israelites before they witnessed the miracle. Get this, church. The miracle happened immediately, but it was several hours before the waters parted. God was working, but they couldn't see it. When they, when they took a step of faith, the miracle happened, but in order to see the miracle take place, they had to stand in the tension for several hours and wait on God. And all they had was a promise to stand on. Do you think maybe they just felt a little bit stupid standing there in the river? Like, is something going to happen? When is something going to happen? Like, God, our parents' generation, Moses lifted his hands and the waters just parted. Maybe they're looking over at Joshua like, Joshua, do you have a plan B? Like, how is this supposed to work? Come on. They had to stand on the promise of God. I wonder if we've ever been in a situation before where we stepped out to trust God and we were wondering, God, are you going to show up? Do you have my back? Are you going to catch me if I take this leap of faith? Here's the idea. Faith put the miracle into motion, but standing on God's promise brought the miracle to fruition. Come on, it was standing on the promise of God that brought it to completion. And I wonder if sometimes we quit too soon. Come on, I wonder if sometimes God isn't at work in our lives. I wonder if sometimes God isn't at work upstream, a great distance away, working behind the scenes of our life, and we get impatient, and we can't see it, and we bail out just in time, just a little bit too soon, and we miss out on the miracle that God has for us. Come on, faith puts the miracle into motion, but it's standing on the promises of God that bring it to fruition. When you step out in faith, sometimes all you can do is hold on to the promise of God. Sometimes all you can do is hold on to the promise of God. Let me tell you something. When we moved here back in 
February of 2014, I was full of faith. I was coming off a season of praying and believing God and trusting him. I was taking the biggest leap of faith I had ever taken in my life, but I believe God was in this and we were going to come to Westchester and turn this place upside down. It was going to be amazing. And I thought I had passed the test in moving down here. I thought, okay, God, we've already taken the biggest financial leap of faith in our lives. We said goodbye to our family and friends and our church, and we're going from a very large church to nothing. When we get to Westchester, like you're going to begin to pour out the blessings. The people are just going to begin to show up. They're going to find us. Like That's what I was prepared for. But let me tell you something. It got a lot harder before it got easier. In fact, some of you, I don't know the story, and Amy and I don't try to win the award for the worst first week of a church plant. But the very first week we moved here, my mother and father-in-law helped us move down. They gave us their blessing. They were behind us 100%, even though we were moving away and taking the grandkids and about to have a third one on the way. And, and it was the week that the Super Bowl was here in Jersey, if you remember that, back in 2014. And um, kissed mom and dad goodbye on a Monday, put them on the train. On Wednesday, we got the worst phone call of our lives that my father-in-law passed away of a massive heart attack, shoveling snow in the driveway and died. That was the first week of our church plant journey here in Redemption we turned around and I went back and preached my father-in-law's funeral and we were broken. And you know how you would feel in that moment, right? Like, God, we trusted you. God, we prayed about this. God, we stepped out in faith. God, we, we left everything to, to come here. And now our family is in this crisis. Like, how could this happen to us? And we came back to, to, to Westchester. We came back to a place where we didn't know anybody, where we didn't have family. All we had was an apartment and my second grade, my uh, second grader, Aaron, at the time, he was in school. And I'll tell you, if we didn't have to get up to get Aaron to school, I don't think I would have got out of bed in those days. And I wish I could tell you it got easier from there. Then a few months later, we had our third baby here. It was like an emotional roller coaster. We didn't need to plan a church. We needed medication. That's what we needed. <laughs> Somebody needed to tell us to just take a few months off, guys. You've been through a lot. It's okay. <laughs> but here we were trying to plan a church. And let me just tell you, it wasn't easy. You know, we would meet people and try to tell them about the church. And they would say, you know, we're starting this church. We moved here to start a church. And they kind of look at you half crazy. And they'd be like, great. Well, where's your church? We're like, we don't know. We're looking for a building. And they'd be like, great, well, who goes to your church? We, we, don't, we were hoping you would come to our church. In fact, we're having this meeting at our house to talk about it tonight. And they're like, yep, that's a cult. I'm not going. I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid over there. It was tough, guys. And I remember fast forward a few months, and I found myself sitting on Rye Beach right over here with two people, two friends we had made that wanted to help us start the church. And I thought to myself, what in the world am I doing in Westchester County, New York? Like, God, I missed you. Like I put my whole ministry on the line. I put my reputation on the line. Like we raise money to do this and it is going down in flames. Like what in the world are we doing here? But can I just encourage you? Can I just testify to you today, eight years later, while we were standing, God was working. While we were waiting, God was working. While we were praying, God was working. God was working behind the scenes of our lives. Now, let me give you an example that all of you New Yorkers can appreciate, okay? Talking about miracles in our lives. I am gonna give you the easiest application point, the easiest practical application I've ever given in the history of this church and you're here for it today, okay? You wanna experience a miracle? Here's your assignment. Today or sometime this week, I want you to order a pizza. Come on, can I get an amen for pizza? How many of you know if you order it from the right place, it will be a miracle? It will be miraculous. Thank you, Lord, for miraculous pizza, okay? Here's what I want you to know. The minute you make the phone call, the miracle is set into motion, right? They begin to prepare that pizza, but it doesn't arrive to your house until a half an hour later. 
Now, how many of you know that if you didn't already know that it takes time for that miracle to show up, you might get discouraged and quit if they didn't ring your door right away as soon as you hung up the phone? But you know that there's, there's preparation, right? Just because you didn't see it, just because you didn't see the preparation doesn't mean the miracle wasn't in process. Come on, that is the way God works. Our job is to keep standing and keep waiting, keep waiting on God because while we're waiting, God is working. Just because we can't see what God is doing doesn't mean God isn't working behind the scenes. Just because you can't see the preparation doesn't mean the miracle isn't in process in your life. That is how God works. That is how God works. And so the thing I've learned is you got to hold on to God. The thing I've learned is even when you don't feel it, even when it seems impossible, even when you can't see what God is doing, you got to hold on to his promises. And I can stand here and tell this to you confidently today because I've lived it. And so while we were waiting, God was working. While we were praying, God was working. God began to breathe life back into this dream. God began to breathe life back into this promise. God began to breathe some hope back into us, and he began to send some people. And I'll tell you that he began to send resources. I'll never forget after my father-in-law passed away when we came back to Westchester, we had friends that began to send cards of sympathy. But not only did they send cards, but they began to send checks. I mean, every day we would go to the mailbox and it was like manna from heaven. We would open checks and we would be in tears at the provision of God. It was like God's way of saying, I'm with you. I'm in this with you. And God not only built our faith, but he built our savings and he gave us hope. And there were so many times where it got so close to to not working out. I have a journal. I go back and read this every year. I have a journal entry where I wrote to myself, reasons to stay in Westchester. I'm telling you, when it was this close to not working out, I wrote to myself, Stay in Westchester. I looked at it just last night. The first thing I wrote down, stay in Westchester because God can do the impossible. God can do the impossible. Stay in Westchester. Stay in Westchester because God can send you people. Stay in Westchester until you finish out the school year. Let the boys finish out the school year. Stay in Westchester until the money runs out. Come on, how many of you know sometimes you got to preach to yourself? You ever read the Psalms where David says, rise up or downcast soul? I had to literally write to myself reasons to even stay here. I revisit that journal entry every year. And just when it looked like this thing was going down in flames, God began to breathe life back into it. He began to send some people our way. He began to send some friends. He began to send some crazy people who had enough faith to go on this journey with us to plant this church. And some of them are still here today, serving in our church today. God began to send resources. He gave us pastor friends who stepped up and sent checks at just the right time to help us purchase equipment. And during this time, I remember my dad saying, write it down, son. You got to write down these things because you're going to forget these things one day. And I'm so glad that I did. Last night I was reading through my church plant journal and I was reading about how time after time God opened a door. God provided resources. He sent checks at just about the time when the money was about to, about to run out. I'll tell you another one. I remember it came time to, to step out in faith and we were going to open up a little uh, service. We were going to do a service on a Sunday night at a little Episcopal church in Harrison. And we had no equipment. And a pastor friend sent us a check that helped us pay for that equipment. In fact, we used that equipment for years in our kids' church. That's how bad the equipment was. <laughs> we wouldn't even use that in our kids' church now, but God provided that back then so we could get started and have that Sunday night service. And then it came time to go big or go home. It was time to launch this thing and go to Sunday mornings. And, and as some of you will remember, many of you know that we started in the AMC Theater right over here. Up right up Westchester Ave. And great man of faith that your pastor is, I had had a contract with the AMC Theater and I got out of the contract because our team was so small and the AMC felt so big. Many of you would say, oh no, Pastor, we, we love those years at the theater. No, you don't realize, as small as our team was, I used to walk in the AMC Theater and it felt like Madison Square Garden. It was like, it sucked us up, right? Like this thing is huge. And so I got out of the contract 
And thank God he gave me just enough faith when the time came to get back into that contract. We were about to send out a 50,000 piece mailer inviting the community to come to our grand opening launch. How many of you know it helps to have a place to meet if you're gonna send out a 50,000 piece mailer inviting people to your grand opening? And so I ran back up to the MC and begged them to let us get back into the contract. And just in time, that all worked out. And on March 29th, 2015, when we had just a little bit of faith, just mustard seed faith, just a little bit of faith left over. We had about 20-something people, and Amy's family and friends came in from out of town. We put a T-shirt on everybody that day. Everybody was on the dream team that day. Didn't, don't even ask questions. We don't, no background checks, nothing. If you were a terrorist, it didn't matter. Put a, put a shirt on you, okay? You can set up and break down. We don't even want to know what you've done. <laughs> put a T-shirt on everybody. And we sent out a 50,000-piece mailer inviting the community and had no idea if anybody was going to show up. And we turned a movie theater into a church. And let me just tell you, it did not go quite as smooth as setup did this morning here at our beautiful facility. It was a little bit chaotic. We turned on the lights and we opened the church and we welcomed the community and 135 people showed up that first Sunday. We were off to the races. And the week after that, about 70 came back. And that's how it goes. And some of you were here. And over the years, God has been faithful to build his church. Amen. God has been faithful to build his church. Come on, faith puts the miracle into motion, but standing on God's promises brings the miracle to fruition. You got to know that today. Even when we can't see it, God is working. Come on, church. God is working behind the scenes of your life. What are you trusting him for? What are you believing for? What have you been crying out to God for? Let, let me tell you, God is working. I'll never forget, we had a little Catholic church at the end of my street. I used to joke and say that I'm Catholic during the weekend. I'm Protestant on the weekends. I would go to St. Gregory's and I would cry out to God during that season. I can picture that pew right now where I would sit in that pew. All I can do is say, God, holding on, I'm holding on to you. I'm holding on to your promises. God, I believe I heard your voice. God, I believe you see us. God, I believe your hand is upon us. God, I believe you didn't bring us out here for no reason. All I could do was cry out to God. All I could do was hold on to his promises. And let me tell you, his promises were holding on to us. He kept us. He was working in, in our lives. And so the promise of God is often upstream. But you and I, we live most of our days downstream, don't we? Come on, we don't live every day in the miraculous. It'd be wonderful if it was that way. I've had a lot of downstream days, especially in those days. We live in the, in the everyday life of downstream, of work and bills and chores and kids and responsibilities. But can I just encourage you today? Don't let go of what he promised you upstream while you're waiting downstream. Come on, somebody came to church today on our eight-year anniversary to hear this. Don't let go of what God promised you upstream while you're waiting on him downstream. Just because you can't see the preparation doesn't mean God isn't in process working on your behalf. That's who he is. That's what he does. He's working behind the scenes of your life. While we're waiting, he's working. While we're praying, he's working. While we're trusting, he's working. While we're standing on his promises, he's working. Come on, some of you got to begin to reclaim the promises of God for your life. God, I believe what you said. God, I, I know the, the plans you have for me, declared the Lord. Plans to prosper me and not to harm me. Plans to give me hope and a future. God, I'm believing for that, that, that child that's away from you to come back to you. God, I'm believing for you to bring healing to my marriage. God, I'm believing for you, for you to, to help me get out of this debt. God, I'm believing for healing. God, I'm believing for the restoration of this relationship. God, I'm believing for this dream that you put in my heart that I know I heard your voice. God, you promised it upstream, but I'm holding on to you downstream. I'm not letting go of you. 
holding on to your promises, God, trusting that your promises are holding on to me. And so on this eight-year anniversary, church, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for being the answer to our prayer. And I want you to get this. While God was preparing us for you, he was preparing you for us. We were praying for a church family. You were praying for a church. And over the years, whether you came this past year or the past few months, or this is your first time, or whether you've been with us on this journey for years, while we were praying for a church family, many of you were praying for a life-giving church. And some of you, you came here and you found a relationship with God, or you got your relationship with, your relationship with God was restored, or God did a healing work in your life. I wonder if anybody in this church has been touched in the past few years. I wonder if anybody in this church has seen the faithfulness of God in your life. I wonder if anybody in this church has been blessed by the fact that he gave you a church church family, and you're thankful for the answer to that prayer. And so I want to say thank you for being the answer to our prayer. You were the provision of God. You were God's provision for us. You were, you were what was in the process, and you were worth the wait. Amen? Come on. You had me at hello. You were worth the wait, and God is good. And look at all that God has done for us the past eight years. That's what this celebration is about, to think about lives touched, people's lives changed and impacted, people who have found a relationship with Jesus, marriages that have been healed, people who have been set free. Think about the impact we've been able to make in this community, touching so many needs in tangible ways, feeding hungry neighbors and planting life-giving churches all around the nation and other nations. And to think about sponsoring 80 kids down in Honduras, and we're helping build new buildings down there. And we're touching refugees in Ukraine that we'll never meet and rescuing kids out of sex trafficking. Come on, can we give God thanks for what he's doing? Because I came here to tell you today, the best is yet to come. The best years are ahead of us. There's more. There's more that God has for us. And I'm believing that, that the best is yet to come, not just for us as a church, but for you, for your family, and for your life as we're in this thing together. Amen? Because while we're waiting, while we're trusting, while we're standing, God is working even when we can't see it. And so we hold on to him. Amen? Faith sets the miracle into motion, but standing on the promise of God brings it to completion. Would you stand with me this morning? Come on, let's stand in this place and let's begin to give God thanks for his faithfulness. Let's begin to trust him all over again. Let's get the faith level up in this room. God, we thank you for your goodness. God, we thank you for your faithfulness. God, today we look back and we celebrate eight years of faithfulness as a church, but a lifetime of faithfulness in, in our lives. And God, we thank you for all that you've done in our lives. We thank you for all that you've done in this church. And Lord, today we want to step into what you have for us. We want to position ourselves for your blessing. We want to go to the place where you command the blessing. Instead of running after it, instead of asking you to bless everything we're doing, God, today we want to step into your alignment with your word. Step into the place where you command the blessing. Father, today for every person in this room who's waiting on something, for every person in this place who's trusting you for something, for every person in this place who has a dream, a God-inspired dream, for every person in this place who feels like they have a promise from you, but there's been some obstacles, there've been some setbacks, there's been some difficult things. Father, today I pray for faith in this place, God. Faith in this place to step out in faith, to trust in you, to hold on to you, to stand on your promises, to know that God, while we're waiting, you're working. God, while we're praying, you're working. God, while we're standing on your promises, you're working behind the scenes of our lives. And you're a good God. You're the God who's able to take it all, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything, and work it together for our good. And so we thank you for it. God, we don't just look back on the past. 
but we look to the future and we declare today that the best is yet to come. We give you praise in this place. Come on, if you believe it, would you say amen? Come on. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you'd like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. We hope you can listen or join us next week.